Hi, welcome back to another episode of Book Bestie. Firstly, I want to apologize again for the poor quality of audio on my part during the last episode. I hope that won't be a problem in the future, but I have definitely learned my lesson. Secondly, I'd like to apologize for the postponement of the Scythe episode with Katie Legg. I'm planning to record with Katie when she's able to recover from her really devastating family emergency. In the meantime, please keep Katie and her family in your thoughts. Positive vibes, besties. On a brighter note, today I'm joined by my sister, Elizabeth Murray. Elizabeth holds a Bachelor of Science in Biology with a minor in Creative Writing from Virginia Tech, as well as a Master's from the Virginia Commonwealth University School of Nursing. Elizabeth currently works as a nurse practitioner at a GI clinic. Insert poop joke here. (laughs) I may be biased, but Elizabeth has the most adorable baby boy. My nephew is absolutely the cutest. Elizabeth is a huge fan of the beach and horror movies, and today she'll be joining me to discuss Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. For those of you who are listening in but haven't read the book, I'm going to read the book summary from the back. Ryland Grace is the sole survivor on a desperate last chance mission, and if he fails, humanity and Earth itself will perish. Except that right now he doesn't know that. He can't even remember his own name, let alone the nature of his assignment or how to complete it. All he knows is that he's been asleep for a very long time, and he's just been awakened to find himself millions of miles from home with nothing but two corpses for company. His crewmate's dead, his memories fuzzily returning, Rylan realizes that an impossible task now confronts him. Hurtling through space on his tiny ship, he must puzzle out an impossible scientific mystery and conquer an extinction-level threat to our species. And with the clock ticking down and the nearest human being light years away, he's got to do it all alone. Or does he? Project Hail Mary is a tale of discovery, speculation, and survival to rival the Martian, while taking us to places it never dreamed of going. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to Book Bestie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yep, yep. Um, So first question I have is, how did you like the book? Like, out of five stars, if you were to rate it on Goodreads, what's your rating of the book? Hmm. Um, I'd probably give it a 7.5. 7.5 out of five? Whoa. Oh, no. Out of 10. Sorry. I'm not on Goodreads. (laughs) Um, what, What makes you knock it down two and a half from 10? Like, why wasn't a full 10 for you? Yeah, I feel like it got a little bit of a uh, redundant towards the end um, with some of the uh, science information. Like, that was pretty interesting. I just think that the the science kind of it was like kind of one problem after another, which obviously it's space travel, and I'm sure that there's a ton of problems, but it kind of seemed like it was like he fixed one thing and then it was like another problem popped up or I just think some of the stuff became a little dragged out. Yeah. I do think like, as I was reading it, like the science stuff, I think is a good addition because it creates some like reality to the book. Like it makes it feel real because it's like, Oh, here's all this science to back it up. But also for me, I'm like, I can generally understand basic principles of science but all of the science in the book it just took me completely out because I was like am I this dumb (laughs) no I agree yeah it was it was a little it was way over my head I mean some I mean just like even I know he taught like high school and so it was kind of like some of I guess I kind of expected some of the the stuff not to be so science heavy Um, Yeah, like, more rudimentary, because he was teaching, like, 7th or 8th graders, I think. Oh, okay, I couldn't remember. I thought it was, I thought it was more, yeah, 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 but, I mean, still, it was school-age, somewhat, kids, and not, like, college, not, you know, college physics or something like that. It was, so, yeah, I kind of got lost in the science sometimes. Um, I did have a hard time, like, keeping up with that. I do think it's interesting, though. So, like, yeah, he was a, well, maybe he was a high school teacher. I really don't remember what grade he taught, but I know he was a science teacher, as you said. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting contrast, him teaching 
lower level science, not college level science, lower level science, but then being able to like calculate everything that he was able to calculate just in his head. Like there were things that he used the the computer on the ship for, but there were a lot of things that he was like, oh, if I uh, take this radius and then I uh, square that and then blah, blah, blah. Like he was able to do that in his head. And that just, that was also, uh, that took me out of it a little bit. Like that part did seem unrealistic. Well, he had a PhD. And so a lot of PhD people don't just teach like high school or like middle school they teach college mm-hmm. because um I mean at least I don't know any PhD high school teachers if, I mean that'd be pretty amazing but um yeah I agree I feel like he was it was definitely a I think that was why you know one of the things I mean jumping in it was kind of nice to like see them tie that like teaching that just shows like how much uh like that was a value to him like his students and like wanting to go back to like you know at the end how he tied the the book tied it in back to him teaching the like Iridians you know so it was kind of like made it um I mean it just kind of like solid solidified like his his teaching ability you know the how much that was important to him but there was also the moment where he tried to use his kids as an excuse to not go on the mission like when the two other scientists uh when they died and he was like the only real option he was like all right I thought about it but I think the best place for me would be on earth where I won't die but I can help these kids approach the apocalypse with grace yeah so I I think that's another I don't know do you feel like he used his students as an excuse for his cowardice and do you think he is a coward no not at all I don't I don't think he's a coward and I don't think he used them as like I mean maybe he tried to use them as any as a another reason since he had no like significant other it sounds like he didn't have any family like that was like the only real like personal connection he had with things so I mean so I guess that's why he chose to just bring them up as um you know they're the reason why he had to stay versus you know his loved one or his family or something like that I still don't think that that's a reason I mean he was literally blindsided with you're going and you had he had like you know hours to decide whether he wanted to go on this journey or not I mean I don't think he's a coward at all I mean I think anybody else who wasn't complete I don't know I, I, I think a lot of people would have chosen the same choice he did yeah do you think that if if you were to be asked or I guess like voluntold to do that you would have a similar reaction oh absolutely I don't yeah I think. I mean, I think it's your. The stakes are higher for you, of course, because you have a son and a husband, and like you have family. Um, so mm-hmm. do you think you would be willing to go, knowing that it would ultimately save your family, or do you think you would be like, I don't want to die alone without my family? I think eh, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to die without. I would want to die with them, I guess. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, there's the risk of them all dying. And I'm sure that there would be somebody else who's just as qualified as I would to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, there's billions of people on the earth, like they said. And I think that, you know, it just so happened. However, I do feel like it was very, like, um, I mean, I know Strat said that they didn't want to keep those two science they didn't want any of the scientists to be I know she didn't want them traveling together mm-hmm. however I feel like that it was just odd that they were still like in the same rooms with each other you know multiple times yeah like when um they're doing research. when Ryland was doing like when he was teaching them what they would need to know about astrophage for the mission it was the three of them in the room together yeah yeah that that was strange well I just feel like 
she, there was a re, you know she wanted to keep them all separate for things like that to happen you know and, no but what I'm saying is it's strange that she allowed them to have those like classes together when she did emphasize like these crews need to be separate oh like, yeah for redundancy yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't think mm-hmm. about that that's interesting um and I mean you know any mission like like uh I feel like something where you know the the world could end or anything like that or you know and even just like if the world's not ending and there's like space exploration there's always people who don't believe in that stuff will try to sabotage it anyway so whether you know they were doing an experiment at the research area that actually did cause the explosion or if somebody set it off or whatever it was I feel like that there's always that risk of that if you're like trying to do even space you know even further space exploration like people just don't believe in that stuff so Mm -hmm. there are those extremists did you have any theories before you found out that Ryland was forced to go on the mission because the other scientists died did you have any theories why he was the one on the mission did you assume that the, the others died yeah I assumed that the others had passed away. I mean, once I, they had select, once they actually, I guess once they had selected them, I thought that they, that the two lovers weren't going to die. I thought they were going to just back out because they were in love. I really thought, I don't remember the female scientist's name, but that one scene where they're supposed to be like, Ryland's supposed to be teaching them. When oh, she comes yeah. in like, sorry, I had to go to the bathroom. I was like, oh man, she's pregnant. Yeah. And then uh, I thought I, that was going to be like the reason why she didn't go, but I didn't know about why uh, Dubois. I think that was yeah. Male's name. Yeah, I do feel like they kind of like he he do he kind of revealed a lot about that relationship just for them to be killed. Yeah. Um. So I just I I guess I I yeah I mean maybe that was to lead the reader in a different direction to be blindsided. Um. You know, to you know when they did pass away, or to you know have a different thought. But I was, I did think that they were gonna decide that they ultimately did didn't want to go on the trip, and then that they would just back out. Right. So, did you? Um, so another thing that kind of didn't. I guess maybe it did make sense, but it didn't seem very believable was the fact that the world came together as a whole to to develop the uh, the Petrova oh the Petrova task force. Um do, that seemed I very think... unlikely. Like the fact that every country was willing to contribute and for the most part, mm-hmm. part all the world leaders were like, "Yeah, Strat has all the power. She gets to mm-hmm. decide unanimously what goes on." I think that's efficient, but I definitely don't see that actually happening in a world crisis like that. No, obviously not. Look at the pandemic. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't I mean, think about that. Like we just had something like that happen where millions of people just died. Um. I think, obviously, for simplistic reasons, it was like that for the book. No, I don't think that that's something that would really have happened. I don't even know what nationality Strat was. I can't even remember. I think Um, she was, like, Swedish or something, maybe. mm -hmm. But, yeah, I guess it's not really all the way important. Yeah, I just think, um, no, they would not have let, they would not, I mean, no, I I don't believe all of the countries, especially, like, Russia involved, I mean, you know, all of that. It just, no, I don't, I don't think that, but it was great that it did. It's nice, you know, who knows? But it was interesting too, because like later on, Strat was like, hey, if you don't go on this mission, do you know what happens? Then we revert back to more powerful countries starting wars with less powerful countries to steal their food. Hmm. So I don't know, I guess I thought it was interesting that the author made it so that the countries were cooperative, but Strat's main premise, I guess, for trying to manipulate Ryland was um, ultimately these countries won't support each other. 
Yeah, giving that history lesson. I mean, yeah. she's not wrong, but I just think um I don't I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, she's not wrong. I probably it probably would have happened like that, I'm sure. It's some, you know, obviously a more powerful country would have definitely taken over a less powerful country and then it, they would have just inflicted their own beliefs and what they wanted and you know if they thought that it was I mean not every country is going to sit here and believe that the sun is dying you know from a a, a, a a life force that they can't even see you know I mean right it's just hard to believe I don't know at least that's what I would think well I think even like when um Ryland goes back to school to teach his students the students are like hey our parents have all these questions and like my dad said this isn't real it's just a government conspiracy mm-hmm. um I don't remember I can't find it in the book now um so I can't actually quote what the questions are but yeah I I agree I think I mean like you said it's very similar to the pandemic like a lot of people were unwilling to believe that it was actually happening or that the measures that the government was trying to put in place would actually be helpful in preventing the spread of coronavirus so yeah I could definitely see people not believing that or um, being like fanatics and saying well we're the best country so we should get all the food or something yeah or (laughs) or we or we should just why are we working with that country they don't know you know that's the other thing too it's just like they don't see it as in like we need we need to all work together it would be like no we don't need to work with them like they don't know anything or you know they're they they have this beliefs and we can't follow it's just you know it would be silly it's just along those lines I feel like people have their own belief systems and they stick with them. Mm-hmm. So Daddy. unrelated, but I guess a little bit related. So belief systems and sticking to them. This isn't your normal book. We talked <laughs> about this a little bit when you first picked the book. What made you decide to pick Project Hail Mary? Mm, well, I, I like. I've always liked the. I mean, obviously, I'm very into the to media stuff so I watched The Martian I thought it was great um I I listened to a lot of books on Audible so that was kind of one of the reasons why um and then it's just something different I mean I'd prefer to you know it's nice to branch out and and read something a little different um I enjoy the science for sure behind a lot of it, even if I can't understand it half the time. Right. Um, as, as easy as he tries to make it, but um, no, yeah, it was, it was good to read something different for sure. Um, I think that was kind of what a, you know, the break in the, the murder mystery stuff. Right. <laughs> Um, so. for so for the audiobook when Rocky was talking like before mm. they were able to understand each other how did they yeah. do that in the audiobook it was um it was mu- like it was the music it was like mm. it's like humming mostly oh that's cool okay yeah and they did it so a like, lot at the end too okay mm-hmm. so when they were able to understand each other was it just like normal talking and then if it was a word that Ryland didn't know that was humming again. Um, yeah, Rocky always sounded like a robot. Um, That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So anytime he spoke, it was like a robot. And then if there was a word that he, Ryland didn't know, it came out like a, a musical note, um, which was really cool. Like I thought that was kind of neat. And and um, so I mean, you know, you got to hear. It was kind of like it was like listening to a movie because yeah. Because there were different voices. And then, you know, I guess the narrator also narrated and he did a really great job in, in, in saying different voices to, or like doing impersonations of the other mm-hmm. characters. Um, so that was kind of neat too. Better than some of the other audiobooks I've heard before. Like he does a great job with the, with the different voices, sounds. I'm really mm-hmm. surprised. So like one of the 
points that Ryland makes was after like a few weeks of them establishing the different vocabulary, mm-hmm. he for the most part wasn't using the laptop. So you would think that, well, maybe I'm just asking too much of an audiobook, but <laughs> you would think mm-hmm. that um, Rocky's voice would stop being as robotic because he wasn't being translated through the laptop as much. It was more Ryland able to understand him. Or maybe the the take that the audiobook publishers made was that's how Ryland Here's translates him. his voice. Yeah. Yeah. I guess huh. see what you're saying. Like they they probably would have taken out the computer sound of it because yeah, it was coming through the computer at the at the beginning, and then he does put his laptop away after a while. You're right. Yeah. Um, and it just that's becomes. It, could, it just becomes musical notes. Yeah. Um, but it was nice to hear his little robot voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, my friend was telling me that they're actually talking about making this into a movie. So I'm really interested to see how they end up doing Rocky. Like if they're going to do something similar where he keeps uh, a robotic voice or if they're going to like make his voice more melodic. I think I able to understand them. I think I saw the same thing, and I think it's supposed to be um, Emma Thompson as Rocky. What? No, not no Emma Watson. Emma Emma Stone as Rocky. There's so many Emmas now. She was Cruella. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting because so. I think Ryan Gosling's supposed to be Ryland Grace. Yes. So that's cool because yeah. they were I'm in. Sure oh, Siri, it's mm. not about yeah, you. Yeah, she's yeah, she's gonna play Rocky. Wow. What yeah. was the movie? They were in that movie together with. Uh, they're oh, dancing yeah. and singing. La La Land. And, and they were also the... in Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, I was gonna say that movie too. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's gonna be good. Yeah, That's unrelated to the book, but also very related to the book. Oh man, what yeah. if they fall in love in the movie? Mm. Mm. I'm not really <laughs> sure about that. I'm like, mm. <laughs> no. especially since Iridians mate for life, and and Rocky already has Adrian. Yeah, and then they also eat different. I okay. So the other thing I was thinking is, I did think it was very odd that. There was only one other intelligent life that showed up. Like, out of the entire, like, solar, like, out of the entire universe. Yeah. There was only one other, you know. Especially because Rocky and Ryland were speculating that the other nearby stars had to probably have intelligent life also. Yeah. Or, like, some sort of life. Yeah. mm -hmm. I, I think I just, I think that I thought... I was thinking about that and I was like, this is very odd that, I mean, there was only one other that showed up. And I mean, you know, for both of them, obviously it's very great that they're friendly and then they were able to, I do think it would have been extremely difficult to try to learn how to communicate with one another and like do all of the things that Rocky did with his ship and all of that stuff to try to, get together but it's a book too so yeah (laughs) Yeah. good imagination but it is like well yeah so it definitely would make it more challenging with the plot because then Ryland would have to potentially communicate with like multiple different aliens yeah which which would slow down the plot because it would be like such a huge learning curve at the beginning but they do like rocky and rylan both are like why are we so similar what are what are the reasons why we're both having this problem like they talk about how similar their systems are and how it makes sense that uh they both developed yeah Mm -hmm. but then yeah i didn't even think about that either like if they're agreeing that all the other stars probably have life on them, then yeah, you would think that they would have intelligent at, life. Wow. At least one. Yeah. At least one planet. I mean, I mean, that's Ugh. all it takes out of like, think about our solar system out of 
well, we started with nine or something and now we're down to, I don't know. Then we went up to 10 and then now we're down to eight. I don't know. So I'm like, I don't know if it went exactly like that, but yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It's been a long time since I did high school, like earth science. So (laughs) I don't know. I think at some point I thought we went up to like 10 and then we got rid of, wasn't it like planet X? And then, you know, that no longer became a planet. And then we decided Pluto's no longer a planet. So now we're just back to like Neptune, aren't we? I'm still sad about Pluto. I'm so sad about Pluto. I think that's, I mean, that's ridiculous. What? Yeah, poor just, guy. Like, He's doing his you best. Can't, well, I'm like, you can't just name a planet and then decide, oh, no, actually, it's not a planet. Like, you can't just say that. Like, I do like that um, Pluto is the name of the Roman version of Hades. And now, now the Romans don't even have, like, a devil figure. They just took Pluto away. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Deep. <laughs> yeah, it's out here changing lives. <laughs> Seriously. They're like, so we have no devil. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that the, the Romans believe in their mythology anymore, but just like, I don't know. It's just, it's upsetting. <sighs> yeah, I agree. Infuriating. Yeah. yeah. You, should, you should write a letter to somebody. NASA. NASA, yes. NASA. NASA. I'll I'll draft (laughs) it up. Um, Okay, so next question I have is, at any point did you lose respect for Strat? No, not at all. I thought she was awesome, and I can't wait to see who plays her. Like, no, I thought she she was great. I thought... um, she did a fantastic job, like always, I mean, commanding whatever she needed to. I always, I, you know, anytime there's a woman in that role, I always think about what a man would have been like in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's obviously sometimes it's a little taboo for a woman to be in that role. Um, and I don't know if like a man, I mean, obviously a man would have done would have probably gotten just as much stuff done. I just think that, I don't know, she was able to do it so, like, not, like, efficient. I don't know. It was the way she did it. It was just, like, to the point every time. Mm-hmm. And I think, a, I think a man would have kind of not done some of those things to the point. Not to, like, shit on a man when they're in the – but I just don't think that, like – I just think she was just like, this is what has to be done. I'm going to do it. Like, and the way she, she did it. And I think that that's why sometimes they don't ever want a woman in it. Is she put emotions aside each time. You know, she never, she never had emotions. I did uh, appreciate that she was a female character. And in every situation she was in, she commanded respect. There wasn't a situation where she walked into the room and she showed any sign of weakness in fact I think there were times where like she was uh she was having like a like an ego fight I can't think of the right word but she she was uh doing like a power play with somebody um before I think Ryland was like all right Strat settle down but I think if it were a man like a the stereotype for men in power is that they're is the term like measuring each other's dicks? Is that yeah? What's the phrase? Okay, that's I feel like that's what men in power pissing, typically pissing pissing match. contest. Yes, yeah. that's oh yeah. God, that was gonna drive me crazy. Yeah, that almost did. We were right mm-hmm. on the brink there. Yeah. Um, yeah, like uh, that. That's what the stereotype is for men. And Strat had that moment like one time, but then uh, the I think rest that was the, time, the um, like you were saying she was level headed. That was when she didn't want to be frisked. Oh, yeah, she, yeah. Mm-hmm. And or he said this. To... Um, Grace, Grace was like, he was talking about, he was like, this is the like argument you want to get into? Or like, right. something like that. Yeah. And he's like, this is what you want to focus on? And she's like, okay, you're right. Like, I just don't like, she was like, I just don't like to be told what to do. Or I don't like to be bossed around or I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, because they were. I think that was when they were going into the prison to talk to 
the guy yes. who ended up doing yes. the panels in the Sahara. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but every other time she was like, like you said, very level-headed, which is really cool because usually when you see a woman portrayed in any sort of media, I guess up until lately, media has been really fair with women, I guess, lately, but people Mm. tend to portray women as uh, like over-emotional or like unwilling to put their feelings aside and definitely not level-headed. So yeah, that was was super cool. But I do think that I lost some respect for Strat in the fact that she was planning for Ryland to be a backup to the backup the whole time uh, but she didn't tell him and it was to the point where people were like oh we thought you guys were sleeping together because she clearly cares about you when in fact she doesn't care about him she cares about saving humanity which is her job but I don't know, it just seemed kind of unfair to Ryland, and I lost a smidge of respect for her. Even though she made the decision that needed to be made, I thought she could have been honest with him maybe earlier on. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. I mean, I think it's really, you know, I think that he could, I mean, I think the, you know, the book obviously didn't, I feel like the book spent so much time on science. I think that there were a lot more conversations that the book could have like elaborated on. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just for me and like my side and like what I would have wanted more out of the book. Um, And I think him having more conversations with like Strat during that time, or just like, you know, talking about how he's feeling about going on this trip and then obviously being forced to go like, you know, I think I would have preferred to have heard more about that versus, you know, how the the 20th leak or something on the, the ship or whatever it was. I don't know. You know, <laughs> like that's just something that, yeah, I would have. I needed more of the emotional side. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, once once he had the recollection that he was sort of forced on the mission, he was like, dang it, Strat was right. I'm not going to give up. And then that was pretty much like all that he did to address that in the present moment. Yeah. And it was a huge deal. Like he, he was a lamb for slaughter and his only reaction once he remembered that, even though he was devastated when he found out in the past in the present time it's like well that's that yeah all right I guess I'll get back to work like she told me I would you know I mean no no I would have like yeah I would have I would have been like incapacitated thinking about like I'm literally was sent here to die and I didn't agree to this and yeah no I wouldn't no no what gut sort of conversation sorry 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 go ahead what were you saying oh no gut punched over and over I feel like yeah what sort of conversations would you have wanted more of between Strat and Ryland are there any like particular uh, ones or just like more in general um well maybe like other than I mean I don't know for some reason I understand why they needed to do the history lesson, but I mean, that's the only side that we heard from about her, her, or her past, you know, like who she was, where she came from, like what, how she got there, how she, how she got selected to be, I mean, maybe they talked about that, but, but that was so, that was 16 hours of audiobook later (laughs) or a long time ago. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, but then that would have made her more vulnerable and that would have, like, taken down this, you know, <clears throat> powerhouse, powerhouse of a woman, like, persona. So, yeah, maybe they did that to just keep it, a wall up about it. Yeah, because yeah. once you start forming, like, personal connections, then things get emotional and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little bit, um, I guess, not like taken aback. It, 
I wasn't all the way convinced that a person would be as willing to sacrifice themselves as Strat was. Like Strat was, at one point, I think she was like, um, she was in court. Uh, oh, she was in court because they had taken all this data to put on the ship so that the astronauts yeah. would be able to have entertainment. And she was like, I don't actually need to be here. Like, you're not going to charge me with anything. I'm here as a courtesy. But then later on, she's like, as soon as this mission launches, I know that I'm going to be in jail for the rest of my life. And I find it very hard to believe that somebody would be willing to make that sort of sacrifice. Because I don't think people knew, like, the general public really knew her name. So she wasn't doing it for notoriety, which you can assume the astronauts maybe were doing. Yeah. They're going to go down in history as the people who saved the world. Yeah. Um, but I found it very hard to believe that Strat would be that selfless, I guess. Did Without, you have that at all? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I would agree. I guess I didn't think about it that much. And I, I mean, I remember her saying that. Um, I think that her making a comment like that and like making those things and then trying to get the audience to to sympathize for her, I think that was hard to do without giving us like more of a background of her. Mm-hmm. other you know so I mean us trying to be like oh gosh like she was trying to do everything she could for earth but yet now she's probably going to go to jail because of all the laws she broke but I don't really feel like I mean when she made that comment I remember thinking like well I doubt it because she has a document that says that she's not going to be charged so like you can't just renege on some of those things you know like yeah you can't just say we're not going to charge you, but then we, now we are like, just because mm-hmm. you've successfully done this mission and, you know, it's like, it's like, you, uh, it's like punishing the, the, I don't know. It's like punishing the, it's like biting the hand that feeds you or something, you know, same thing, same like kind of line. You can't, you can't punish them once they've done something right. Yeah. I mean, I do understand, like, the scapegoat notion. Like, I could see her being the fall guy. But, yeah, there she does have a document. She does have the – having gone through the process of being selected for that position. So and that was another situation, I think, where I lost a little bit of respect for her. Because I think, like you said, like, uh, it seemed like a line where we're supposed to feel some sort of sympathy or empathy or pride or something for her, but we don't really know her. Uh, yeah. So it seemed like a like a cheap shot, I guess, sort of like, all right, cool, big deal. Maybe you do go to jail for the rest of your life. Um, doubtful, but okay. Yeah. I, I think the only times I became like emotional towards her is when her and Rylan joked. And, you know, that was, that was when you're like, oh, that's cute. Okay. I like, I like her a little bit, you know. Yeah. Or more. So. Do you have a favorite character? I mean, probably Rocky. I, I mean, who doesn't love that? I know. Oh, yeah, he was so cute. You just hear, I mean, and it's even better when you hear his, like, little voice and, like, how they would make him like excited and you can just see this like spider rock looking thing bouncing up and down you know when he's like talking and stuff especially yeah it grossed me out when he said spider but you know whatever we all have I definitely think I would have an issue like I do understand like there's the novelty of um hey this is an alien and I'm, I'm the first person to meet an alien but also he's a giant spider like I I would be pretty terrified Um, absolutely but I guess he also does make the point like if he wanted to kill me or do whatever with me he would have done it already by now but I don't I think it would take me a really long time to get past the holy god this is a giant spider (laughs) yeah that has no eyes that has you know just these legs this stone type looking body yeah no I definitely would have freaked out and not been all for like I need to meet this intelligent life no thank you yeah (laughs) I do like how like one of the cute parts uh I really liked when he asked questions like 
fly question. Oh my like, god, it was so those, cute. Yes. Yeah. It was uh, adorable. And he's like, think, instead of saying thanks. I think right. he always said, think. <laughs> so oh, and then the fist yeah. bumping thing. Oh yeah, fist, what is it? Fist bump? You fist my bump now? Oh yeah, you fist me. <laughs> you fist you fist me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. I, I, it was really funny. I do think that, I mean, obviously, if anybody's ever read The Martian or, you know, seen the movie, that there's, they try to have some of that humor in there. Um, I do think that the, the entire book was, was pretty funny. And the interactions between Ryland and Rocky, like, were even more funny. So I think that it was just you know, a different type of, um, like, it was just something different that you wouldn't have expected out of, you know, this type of novel. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that also helps, like, keep the entertainment factor, like, moving along, even if you do get lost in, like, the science, like, there is um, this humor that you don't quite expect that comes out, and it's just, like, it just happens. So that always kept me, like, I mean, I I would be driving, and I just giggle to myself, you know. I did do a lot of LOLs yeah. while reading this. But I think yeah. like you do have to have some lightheartedness because there is like, well, all my astrophage is gone. Well, there's a hole in my hole. Well, um, I can't see Rocky's lights anymore. Like th- there's, like you were saying before, there's like one catastrophe after another after another after another yeah I think if there weren't humor then it would just it'd be a very depressing read yeah but I when I finished the book um the ending like how he's in his little dome on arid and (laughs) and they put um his walls are are clear so he can see into the city but the city is all dark like I don't know I just thought it was the ending was so cute and it made like all of the trauma of the book uh less traumatic I guess um so yeah I I do appreciate the humor that was on the book how did you feel Uh, about the ending I I was kind of sad I didn't like it to be honest you didn't like that he ended up at Arid I mean I get it it was nice I'm glad that he was able to like save Rocky and like he made the choice but I just think that kind of I mean yeah you're in this dome that's now black on the outside like you see nothing other Mm -hmm. than the lights and you know daylight that they created you if you did shine a flashlight you'd have all these spiders like looking in on you could you imagine oh that's all I thought about (laughs) like even though they can't see you you have all these spider things like roaming around or outside of your dome um I mean, I kind of, I guess it, I just was hoping he was going to make it back, but then that would have been too much of a happy ending. And this one had to be like a different ending, you know, even though, even though it was a happy ending, it's great. I did get a little teary eyed when he finally got back to Rocky on the ship because, you know, Rocky was like super sad, probably thinking that he yeah. wasn't going to make it. So I was really happy once he got back there, but I would have liked it if. I was really excited to hear that Rylan was going to go home initially when Rocky's like, I'll give you, I give you astrophage fuel. And it was like, you know, I just, I really thought he was going to get to go home. Yeah. I think that would have, I think that would have been nice, but you know. Were you surprised that he decided to go back and help Rocky? No, I think I would have done the same. Yeah. I mean, you can't sit here and know what you know. I mean, you're still saving Earth. I mean, you're still trying. You know, you're sending the little beetles. Like, you're still doing what you're supposed to. But you can't just know that you're going to let that civilization die with the information that you know, you know. And I do think... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I do think that Arid would still... I mean, they have... I think he has the opportunity. If he makes a... Ugh, I think that's very gross that he was eating a burger out of his calf meat or whatever. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think a that, me burger. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, I think that the Iridians would have figured out a way to like make food for him, so that I I think he could. I think he could still go back to Earth. I think mm-hmm. that 
I guess I would have liked to have the ending. I would have liked to have heard a message from earth, but I mean, I guess they wouldn't have known where to send it. I don't know. I just, you know, I know it's nice that they said that the sun turned back to like it's normal, but I think it would have been like something from earth. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I thought it was really nice how like we see, I guess halfway through the book that Ryland didn't choose to go on the mission. In fact, he was like very adamant about not going, even though he was the expert in astrophage. And then he gets to the point where um, he has an opportunity to go back to earth and he chooses to save Rocky instead. Like, whereas before he was willing to sacrifice the population of earth, he wasn't willing to sacrifice Rocky or the Iridians. And I thought that was a really nice evolution for his character. Um, Mm. And I guess like, I don't know what that says about his students. I guess his students weren't cool enough to make him want to save them. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I'm sure they were adorable. Um, But yeah, that was really cool. I was super grossed out about the me burger thing. Um, Yeah. But they did, he did in the book saying like, there is a chance that they'll send me back to earth. So it's not all the way ruled out. But I think yeah. I would have liked to see like a Strat B Grace showdown, like Ryland showing back up to Earth and just I don't know, like whopping Strat. I don't like, even know if I I didn't want him to like be mad. I didn't want him to like be mad. I just think I would have liked honestly, I think I would have liked it to end like Ryland like coming into Earth's atmosphere like it didn't even have to it just I just would have liked it if he had like come back like we knew that he was gonna land on Earth like I didn't need him to like talk to Strat anymore or I didn't you know I think I just wanted him to like I know come back home that's Mm -hmm. it just to have that I mean I don't know it's like he just I mean Rocky comes and delivers the message that he literally saved our son and then he's like all right well I guess I'm just gonna go teach some <laughs> Euridians now like okay thank you like that was go to work yeah I guess I'll just go back to work okay great yes <laughs> you know I'm kind of like what <laughs> like I mean, he yeah. did, I guess that's, the author did not like dive into many emotions and <laughs> you know it's like Rocky's like you cry you you leak from your face now <laughs> is this good leak or badly like sad leak <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know. That is interesting though, because it does seem like uh, the author, once there's some like emotional breakthrough opportunity, he doesn't really go into it. Um, No, so like, yeah, that's very a lot of it. I I mean, and I don't know if that's just because that's just what he chose to do, but I mean, there were so many times where you know, in Ryland begins to cry about his his teammates or you know he begins to cry thinking about that he's gonna die there on the ship or you know he cries learning that the earth or the sun has been saved it's just kind of like okay I'm not gonna think about that right now like I'm gonna you know I don't know it's just Mm -hmm. any other person would be that yeah I don't know I think it just would have we would have we could have done a little bit more crying maybe yeah <sighs> I mean there was even a part where like when the two scientists die in the explosion um Strat's mm-hmm. like all right time to find the next candidate and Ryland's mm-hmm. like you're not even these were our friends you're not even gonna take a moment to mourn them and she's like I don't have time and that does yeah. seem maybe like a little bit of a cop-out on the author's side like of course he's attributing it to Strat but yeah, they, that's that's a repeated offense, I guess, like throughout the book where he's not really giving you much of the character's emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have time. He filled it all with science. Yeah, so much science. <laughs> We're talking about Xenonite. <laughs> yeah. Dude, with the, when the uh, Talmibas, when he made it through Xenonite. I was like, are you for serious right now? What is happening? I was also kind of pissed we did not ha- figure out what's the composition of Xenonite. Because, 
I was waiting the whole time. I'm like, everything is literally made out of Xenonite. And you didn't ask Rocky how he makes Xenonite? Like, what? I mean, you did say like, it's like a liquid, and then you mix the liquids, and then it turns into a solid. But, like, what are the liquids? Yeah, well, what are the liquids? And, like, what's the temperature? And, like, what? I mean, Rocky just, like, brews this shit up like it's, you know, fucking pasta. And all of a sudden, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, how do you, how do you not ask how to make this like super and I guess that's the other thing too it's it's like obviously the xenonite is not all powerful but this plastic from earth is way more powerful I, or or I guess never mind to to our defense he had he breeded Zamiba uh, Tamiba to to um evolutionize against yeah xenonite anyway so yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it is frustrating how we got like a full I think like page and a half I might be exaggerating of how Rocky poops and eats I love that Um, part (laughs) but we couldn't get uh, more detail on how Xenonite is made yeah like make something up we obviously know it's not real it's not gonna happen but neither is Rocky so (laughs) Rocky's not real (laughs) Wait, just... <laughs> spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> yeah uh, good yep. times good times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh well, well those are all of the discussion topic questions that i have in my brain did you have anything that you want to point out or say or go back to um <clears throat> No, I was just always trying to, like, every time you would hear about, like, the solar system and, or even, like, the universe or, like, the next star system or something, um, I would try and put, like, their Iridian planet in perspective to, like, our planet and things like that. Um, no, I mean, I don't, I don't think I had, I think they were good, those were great questions that you asked yeah thank you yeah did you come up with this by yourself I'm like looking up uh yeah the thing that I sent you the questions were just more like comprehension questions I realized after I sent it to you and I was like that's I'm not going to ask her to remember what the formula for space is or that's not Mm -hmm. an actual question but um, but I do want to, okay, so I, uh, this is only my second episode, but I'm trying to do a thing at the end of each episode where I ask the guest specific things about their reading style. So I'm going to get into that now, if you're ready. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what is your favorite book that you always recommend? Or if you can't choose just one, what are your top three that you recommend? Mm. Or... um. My top three? Mm-hmm. Okay, well... Or top one, favorite one. Well, okay, I can name three books that I would probably recommend right now. All right, let's, it let's would, hear it. It would be um, The Silent Patient, Ooh, okay. um, Verity, mm-hmm. and I really did like Lessons in Chemistry. That mm-hmm. one was good. They're turning yeah. mine to a show, I think, with Allison Brie. No, that's not right. Brie Larson. I heard that. Brie Larson. Yeah, I heard that. I'm excited. Oh, that'll be good. I'm excited too. I think she's going to be really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, next question is, who is your favorite author? Or if you can't choose one, your top three favorite authors. Mm. Um, I don't really, uh, I don't know. I'm like, who wrote those three books? I don't even remember who wrote those three books. Coho. Um, Colleen Hoover is very. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Um, I really liked uh, Leanne Morarty books. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah she, she wrote, yeah, she always wrote a lot of books that I would like. Not my, like, top books, but I enjoy her books. But I haven't read any of hers in a while, I don't think. I'm trying to change it up a little bit, you know. Yeah. Variety is always good. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a third or you just want to stop it at two? Well, let me go to my library. Who do I like? Um, yeah, no, I'm going to stick 
Oh, and then Mary Kubica. I don't know if you've ever read any of her books, but I do really like hers. I've read a few of hers. I have not heard of her. No. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check I it like out. her. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next question. What is your favorite book format? So I know that you said that you usually use um, audiobooks from yeah. Audible, but is that your preferred or your favorite book format? No, I would prefer a paperback, but Audible is just, I just have time for it. Right. So it, it, it allows me to at least listen to, you know, a book. So no, my preferred is just a paperback, but. Hashtag mom life. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Do you have a favorite bookstore? Um, Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. Yeah, that's where I've been buying all my books lately. I'm actually surprised. I thought you were going to say Island Bookstore in Kerala. Oh, my gosh. I don't even think I've ever even bought a book from there. Oh, I mean, I right. went there, but. Mm, fake fan. All right. sorry no I don't even think I bought maybe I bought like a coloring book or like I don't know no I didn't even buy a book damage is done they're too expensive sorry yeah hashtag hashtag will not shop local (laughs) (laughs) um and where do you usually do your reading in the car (laughs) heck yeah and just for clarification, she's listening to audiobooks. She's not actually reading in the car. Just for I all have the done that. listening. Hey, have done but that not while well. you're driving. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Not while I'm driving. <laughs> all right. Oh, gosh. All right. If people want to follow you on social, do you want people to follow you on social? If so, what what is your social? Like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or I mean, they can. It's not going to be very exciting. It's going to be like mom stuff. Mom stuff. But not really mom stuff. Um, I mean, I don't know. You can you can put it on your thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Instagram, I'll mm-hmm. attach your handle in the description. And yeah. that is it for me. Um, thank you so much for doing the podcast with me thanks for having me this was fun i um was able to get through that 16 hour audible book in like two weeks which is very quickly i must add because i really only listen on the way to and back from work so i'm pretty sure when i talked to you on sunday maybe you still had six hours left yeah and you did that so quickly and my drive to work is only 30 minutes now, 35 sometimes. I feel and like you're complaining about your commute, but also you're excited about your commute. Very no, confusing. Well, no, no, no. I Meaning I had six hours left to do and I, it wasn't happening. I still couldn't get that done. And I mean, six hours would have been an hour each day. That would have been six, six days and I did it. I didn't have time. So yeah, I did. I was just I, giving I, you I was, a hard time. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I listened to it. Try to listen to it when I was, like, doing laundry or something. Also. Hashtag mom life. Exactly. Exactly. Huh. Do what I can. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, hope Bye. you enjoy. Thank you to my sister, Elizabeth Murray, for coming on to the podcast to talk about Project Hail Mary with me. For the next episode, I will be joined by my friend Manda Simmons, and we will be talking about Secret History by Donna Tart. And I've also added on a little fun surprise for you guys, uh, little bloopers between me and Elizabeth from the very start of the podcast recording. So I hope you enjoy. See you on the flip side, besties. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. I don't, I don't know what was happening. I was trying to click off my microphone because it was clicked off, and then, I don't know, I did a bunch of stuff. You're out of control. I know. Wild. How dare you. I just finished. Um, do, yeah, you did. <sighs> yeah. Um, do I sound clear to you?
Yeah. Okay. I had an issue last time where I was using a different microphone and it was really fuzzy and awful. But I didn't realize it until the end of the episode. No, you sound clear. All right. Do I I sound clear? Yeah. Crystal clear, baby. Should I put my podcast voice on now? Oh my gosh. Do you have a podcast voice? (laughs) I mean, you think this is my first time? What? (laughs) Oh my god, you slut. (laughs) Little did you know. (laughs) I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Well, you can't podcast and tell. Oh, my God. You're Mm -hmm. adorable.